It ain't that simple, mate. Hello and welcome to It Ain't That Simple Mate, the Bright Hope World podcast, where we talk about missions and poverty and everything related to those subjects. It's fantastic to have you with us uh, again in this, our second season, where we are doing something a little bit different uh, this season, rather than uh, talking about kind of how we view the world. Uh, This season we are talking to our partners and letting them um, have the microphone as it were and sharing some of their stories and perspectives in a series that we are calling A Conversation With. And so we've talked to oh a whole bunch of partners now from different parts of the world and uh, on uh, today's podcast we are going to Nepal or Nepal, if, if you're more comfortable with that pronunciation. And uh, we are talking to a wonderful partner of ours uh, called Naranjan Adhikari. Um, he is an extraordinary man. He is one of those guys that um, if you plonked him in the UK or the US or New Zealand, I am quite sure he would be uh, running major companies and, and probably worth millions and millions of dollars. Uh, but this is a man who is very focused on uh, loving and caring and supporting his uh, countrymen, his community, and is just the smartest and um, just the most amazing entrepreneur. Uh, his, his story is a really inspiring one, and his take on how to impact a community uh, like his uh, in in and around Kathmandu is uh, is quite something. So. Um, I will not delay any further, uh, and we'll ask uh, Naranjan to um, introduce himself and explain uh, how he came to be doing what he is doing. So over to Naranjan. Thank you, Fraser. Uh, this is Niranjan Adhikari from uh, Nepal. I was born in 1972 in the city of Pokhara, Nepal, in a high caste of Nepalese society. When I was just three months old, my father passed away. My mother, with her three children, shifted to southern part of Nepal, near her brother's place, to get moral support. As all Hindus, I used to worship the Hindus, gods and goddess. But I had some question in my mind, like where we would uh, go after death. This question always played a major role to create some fear in my mind. I never found any good answer from Hindu priest. One day in 1993, one of my classmates gave me a Bible to read. As I took it to my home, my elder brother with some villagers started mocking me that I brought the Bible inside my home. They thought that bringing Bible inside my home is a crime. Then my mother gave me two options leave this so-called cow-eating religion, Christianity, or leave my home. I had to make a decision, stay with what I knew, I grew up with, honor my mother and the tradition in my family and abandon Jesus, or be all in for Christ. I left my home, my family, my past, because I didn't agree that bringing the Bible inside a home is a social crime. I was so interested to find what is wrong with the Bible. I was driven to find out why did our people had the Bible. I started reading the Bible and didn't find any wrong in the Bible. 
I read these verses. I am the resurrection and life. He who believes in me will live, and even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. John chapter 11, verse 25 and 26. I accepted Jesus as my Savior and Lord and was baptized. I then started serving at Campus Crusade for Christ and later formed a society called Ray of Hope Society. I, despite having been persecuted by my own home, family, and Hindus' friend, continue to be obedient to call to serve Jesus in spite of hostility in a Hindu country. Why? I know I have been blessed to be a blessing to many. Thank you. What is it like to be a Christian in Nepal, in a, in a Hindu country now? Are, are they uh, are Hindus more accepting of, of Christians now, or is there still persecution um, what is it like, Narendra? Uh, still, persecution is going on. Yeah, people, uh, they don't like Hinduism, especially political leaders and Hindu groups. There are Hindu groups, and they have seen that Christianity is growing so fast in Nepal. That's what they want to, you know, uh, they want to persecute Christianity. But you know that the other people, lay peoples, and the young generation are so much so much uh, attracted to christianity what i mean you know we we've talked before about um you know different religions and and different religions are attracted to christianity for different reasons what is it that a, a hindu finds attractive about christianity the the main thing is you know there is a caste system in nepal in hinduism mm. and the low low castes are so much hated they are so much hated and not accepted and uh, uh, you know they have uh, they don't accept their dignity that's what people even other caste people they have seen new generation they have seen that okay people people are not accepted people so that's the that's not good things that that's that's the main thing that uh, you know, people, other religions are so much attracted to the Hinduism, mm. uh, Christianity, sorry. To Christianity. And, yeah. and for those who aren't, um, who may be listening and aren't very familiar with the caste system, how does it work? How does it operate in real life? You know, there are uh, there are Hindu peoples, high caste people, and then there is a low caste and outcaste peoples are there. So uh, even outcaste people are not allowed to enter the temple, their temple, and they are, uh, you know, they are, uh, uh, they, if they touch water or some food, uh, the high caste people ne- never eat, uh, or they, they don't allow to enter into their home. So uh, uh, even in the jobs, they are hated, and even the in the schools, in the local schools, even they are the low caste peoples, and the children are not allowed to sit with the high caste people. Wow! And and who decides what caste you are? How is that determined? So that was the traditionally it came. I, we don't know that uh, traditionally it came because uh, you know f- uh, many years back someone they started because of uh, the work they did. Uh, 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 king has decided because of work, 
those who are uh, priests, they are, you know, uh, given the responsibility to, uh, you know, to uh, run the rituals and uh, to read the scripture, Hindu scripture, to explain the scripture. But other people, those who walk, you know, uh, other walks, like, uh, you know, administration work is the chhatris, is the second caste, and the outcast are those who are, you know, working a leather work and the metal work, and these are divided as a low caste. And now, now people don't know how it came, but, you know, traditionally, their, their father, forefathers are following this tradition. That's what people, they follow. But new generation are now, you know, very open and they, you know, they don't accept the, the, this caste system. Uh, but, you know, because of their society and the, there are uh, uh, other generations, they are practicing this um, uh, caste system. That's what, you know, they, they are compelled to follow this tradition. Otherwise, if they don't follow it and they, the, so they will get, uh, you know, some kind of uh, social pressures on them. I was born from high caste. That's what that is the uh, you know standard to meet that uh, the high caste because I don't need to earn more money or reach people. Just I I was born in the high caste. That's that's the only the standard. And then when you you talked about becoming a Christian, how old were you at that stage? Uh, that was I think uh, I just uh, uh, 16, 17 years. Yeah. And then after that, you went on and did some study. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I did study. Yeah. What did you What did you study? Yeah, I, I did uh, some training here in Nepal. Then after that, I went to the Sayats, uh, Bangalore, uh, to do to to do my master degree in uh, Christianity. And is that where we uh, where we met you first? Is it? Yeah, right. I met the bright of all people uh, over there. Now you have a, and one of the reasons we we uh, ended up becoming partners with you as we heard some of your story in uh, in Bangalore uh, and we discovered that you had a di very different way of thinking about doing ministry and supporting ministry. Do you want to talk a little bit about that and the, the background and the history of that? Okay. Uh, previously in Nepal, uh, even now, churches faces many issues. These issues are related to mainly finance as there is no sustainable income sources and the reason for it are numerous. Churches find it very difficult to sustain for evangelism and discipleship. Uh, in low income yield from only one source agriculture business and the external support. However, the bigger issue is the way these churches look at the external support. The community in Nepal has been struggling long for development as it faces numerous issues. This issue drives our leadership team to attempt to establish something unique, something that will address the issue effectively and efficiently. Our government, NGOs, religion groups, many pastors and church leaders are fully dependent on external support, which hinders self-development mm -hmm. among individual and community levels in longer run. Mm -hmm. Having a begging mentality amongst Nepalese has made it more difficult to grow an internal support base. Majority of people we work with for income generation jobs are helpless 
of not being able to fulfill their basic and financial needs. People want to get involved to have a sustainable income with the hope of improving their lifestyle in long term. They want to make their family, community, or society self-dependable and independent through carrying out income generation activities in their local level. So our working experience enhances our capacity to design a certain framework in our field ministry, either for self-sustainability or for evangelism and discipleship. When I started this ministry, I never thought I would be able to uh, creatively think and to advance our tasks with a new theory and new practical approach. When I meet Bright of Old, and I found a very, you know, uh, they have, you have taught us, you know, a, a holistic way to do the things. So I was so much encouraged when I meet you. And even I have a lot of, uh, you know, uh, uh, Kevin has visited a lot of times uh, in Nepal and, uh, and we had a good conversation with him. And I have learned many things from you to carry on this responsibility in my place here in Nepal. Actually, I think we have learned more from you than you have learned from us. <laughs> no, I've learned from you too. It's, it's uh, been very interesting to watch how you have gone about applying some of these principles you are learning. Tell us a little bit about um, where you began, like in Nawal Parasi and some of the things you did there, and then how the ministry has grown from that place. Okay. That's, uh, you know, we uh, started uh, working in Nawal Prasi and we have established a clinic over there. And med medical clinic uh, was a, a means to reach the people and uh, to share the gospels to the community. And it is very effective way of doing things. Uh, I found it. And... Uh, and it is still working, functioning. And we have started the poultry farm over there and uh, some agriculture uh, things. And we formed uh, farmer groups over there. And more than 200 farmers, uh, they, were, uh, they joined our uh, farmer's group and uh, working well. And they are buying, uh, you know, fertilizer, some other tools. Uh, together, and then uh, they sell the the pro agriculture products together, and so that they are making good business now. And uh, uh, the other things, resource center we started later, uh, also termed as revolving fund. This is a component that has underpinned the whole ministry support plan, and further, it is viable into the future. People had joined and received training in project and business management, saving, tithe and giving, sharing and cooperating, small business economics, repayment of loans, operating as a team and whatever is appropriate. This resource center is based on model in which families and individuals requiring funds to start micro business or agriculture business can approach to resource center in which we provide loans with a small amount of service charge 
by keeping documents, citizenship or land owner certificate. Most of the pastors and leaders don't have land owner certificate, so that's we keep the original citizenship as guarantee. At current stage, 25 families are working as partner with the resource center. Another business is agriculture, as I have already mentioned to you. Most of the project is conducted in a rural part and majority of the future project will be based around the land of key people. The type of project is based around the skills and resources of the key people. It is mm. envisioned that many other Christian farmer will join the pilot and successive project. They will all grow basic crops and vegetable, but each will study appropriately in such a product as goats, cows, buffaloes, boiler chickens, layer chicken, fruits, fish, many, many others. Along with other training program and service, the main training program is it's a Bible training for leaders, and it is designed for the specific purpose of providing transdenominational basic Bible training for national pastors, which will adequately and effectively equip them with the necessary knowledge and practical skill for the work of local church ministry. So the type of the people that will study, they may be uh, pastoring a small church, but they would have uh, a small business on the side or they would be uh, being involved in agriculture. So they're, they're bivocational uh, church planters or pastors. Is that is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. And this, by, by supporting themselves like this, this enables them to carry on doing what they're doing and, and you know, have a bit more consistency in the sort of ministry they're doing. Is that is that part of the thinking? Yes, yes. They are, you know, they are working. You know, we have a, a more than uh, 250 churches are in network. All leaders are now, we are not supporting them financially. And they have, but we bring them into the training and we teach them and we teach the concept of you know self sustainability yeah so so they start their business if they need some resource uh, you know uh, the resource center plays a very important role to uh, provide them a, a resource a finance for a certain period and then after that they will return the loan and most of them most of them are you know, now sustainable. They are not expecting any any finances uh, from us. Where, where did you get these ideas? I mean, you said you, you talked for, to Bright Hope, but, but I know that you had many of these ideas before we came along and, and met you. Yeah, because when we, uh, you know, I get involved in the training ministry uh, as a training uh, director, as a training in charge, and we train pastors and leaders, we send them, uh, to their place and they saw that other pastors are expecting the uh, external support and they come to us and they come to us and uh, expecting with uh, you know expectations uh, of financial support and we we thought that uh, when we start supporting everyone then we will not uh, be able to support them you know this is not a healthy way this is just uh, you know they have a, some begging mentality so they traditionally they learn from other pastors and leaders. So we thought that okay, how can we do that? Then we 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 think that 
okay this is the best this would be the best idea then we start a you know resource center okay this is the good idea and then what happened in the beginning we struggle a lot because they are they are not faithful to return the loan and when they get a loan and they go somewhere and just out of contact they go and then we just uh, you know change the policy and he started uh, you know keeping their documents as guaranteed security so uh, you know we thought that this is you know our work experience taught us that because all of them all of them they don't they stop working other things when they believed jesus christ then then after their convictions then what happens and they expect the the finance from mother church and uh, or external uh, uh, any other ngos or uh, organization denominational organization but we started teaching them even others pastor and leader they thought that we are not a spiritual because they are we are just uh, teaching them to generate the income uh, you know what we start working on them and then uh, some of the project we 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 could not uh, you know do better but later later people learn some of the people so much faithful and they they learn that one and then uh, it is easy to walk uh, with other people now we uh, on a couple of our previous podcasts in season 1 we had talked about the dangers of dependency and how you know that reliance on external support really does do damage to um to a ministry is this part of your thinking in terms of just making sure these these guys you know aren't dependent that they are able to just go and and um you know be able to work and provide for themselves yeah yeah because uh, when they expect our external support and always they de- you know they are uh, dependent on uh, the external organization other organization so if they discontinue like the, in this people in this corona in this pandemic people learn you know this is the, this is the uh, good idea you know because because now many denomination has stopped supporting them because they are struggling financially struggling and so that we thought that okay one day nobody can support regularly so that's what we thought that okay uh, you know self sufficient uh, self dependable uh, church is uh, uh, you know best than the external support based church that's what we started this program yeah that i mean that's such a wonderful perspective and and dear we said it's not it's not the most common perspective that we we come across um yeah yeah, yeah. even even nepal is still now you know the may, you know main like churches are still dependent on external support mm-hmm. you know only some indigenous church those who are you know uh, uh, connected uh, with us and our disciples who planted a church and we taught them and that's what they they learned this one even main mainline church and you know major churches are still dependent on external support. Uh, hey, let's um let's take a, a break for a moment then Ranjan. We'll just um pause uh for a second and and then let's come back and and I'm I'm keen to just jump back a, a, in time a little bit. A lot of people sadly when they think of Nepal will um will think of the earthquake that um that hit uh, some years ago. Uh, and I'd be really keen to just um, hear some of your thoughts about uh, you, your experience there and, and your response there. 
um, as well as sort of checking in on how Nepal is doing um, in this uh, time of COVID and pandemic. Um, So we will take a short break and be right back on It Ain't That Simple, Mate. It Ain't That Simple, Mate is brought to you by Lamai Coffee. Lamai Coffee is the finest quality organic Arabica coffee from the northern hills of Thailand. We at Bright Hope World import the green beans into New Zealand and we roast them to perfection, then sell them to discerning coffee drinkers. We're all volunteers on the team, so all the profits go back into great community projects in Thailand and that is why we call it the world's best tasting act of kindness. You can order Lamai coffee or find out more at lamai.co.nz. It ain't that simple, mate. We're back. You are listening to It Ain't That Simple, Mate, the Bright Hope World podcast where we're talking to uh, Naranjan Arakari in um, Nepal and uh, he was just sharing with us some of his philosophy on mission and and his own personal story. Um, And, of course, one of the the tragic events in, in Nepal's uh, not too distant past was the uh, the big earthquake that many people will be familiar with, and uh, the world's attention was very much on Nepal uh, at that time. Naranjan, what what was that experience like for you? We had a lot uh, about eight thousand people died because of earthquake, and uh, uh, you know there are uh, you know huge you know uh, we faced a lot of problems at that time, and uh, uh, we we involved in the you know that uh, uh, to helping uh, these survivals. And there are uh, still people have uh, those who have lost their uh, loved ones, family, you know, still there are some kind of, you know, trauma in trauma. And uh, we, we, we got involved with them and uh, we help them. And even, uh, you know, I, I would like to extend my thankful heart to Bright Hobold and uh, who, uh, which uh, this organization, uh, organization has uh, uh, stood with us in that, uh, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, tribulation. Uh, yeah, that, that was, you know, we got involved uh, uh, with uh, the other people here with government. Uh, we joined with the government as well and to provide them a shelters and uh, uh, to provide them a food and uh, uh, and get involved in a counseling and children's who uh, you know have uh, lost their uh, parents uh, we provide them still we, we have been getting involved in uh, educational program and our uh, that time already we had uh, uh, this clinic medical clinic and medical clinics has played a very important role in that local areas. Uh, you know, it, it can't play a role uh, national-wide, but uh, it played a, a very important role in, the, in, in that local area. And, uh, you know, that, that, that was, a, you know, we, even we, uh, you know, for a month we uh, slept uh, in the open ground and children were, uh, you know, so scared. And uh, we uh, even even our church peoples were so scared of that uh, incidents, and so we played a very uh, you know good role. God has empowered us to do something 
in that uh, uh, tribulations. And so uh, even I, I already thank you uh, for uh, your support, uh, not only financial support. Uh, Kevin uh, has called me. Uh, I think I called him. He, uh, he called me and, uh, you know, uh, asked about our situations. And that was really uh, encouraging. Wow. Well, we, we are sitting here in uh, Christchurch, which is another city that has experienced an earthquake. And it's been uh, over 10 years since ours. And uh, a lot of the city is still being rebuilt. Um, it's been about six years since the Nepal earthquake. Yeah. How how are things? Is is life completely back to normal? Has everything been rebuilt or, or is it still having uh, an effect? No, it's still having. Yeah, we, we still people, uh, you know, I, I have said to you that uh, still people are in trauma and people still buildings are, uh, you know, reconstructing. And uh, some of the buildings, uh, uh, you know, has already uh, been, re, uh, re, uh, you know, built, it, uh, built. And but uh, there are a lot of works is, is still, uh, uh, you know, being uh, done. Mm. One of the things that really sticks in my mind, and I, I've told this story a number of times, Naranjan, is, um, you know, when we were communicating shortly after the earthquake, you know, we'd sent uh, a lot of funds uh, through you because you were on the ground. And uh, I know, you know, there was a huge amount of, of aid and and stuff pouring into Nepal. And then at, at one point you said, hey, look, stop, stop sending money. We don't we don't need money um, for, for food and shelter right now. What we need to do is focus on jobs and, and on job creation and getting people back to work. Do you want to sort of talk us through that process? Talk us through what you were seeing and, and why you felt that change needed to happen? Because, you know, that is the those who are always dependent on external supports, always want to have a external support. The, the finances only is not a, you know, strength to face that kind of tribulations. You know, people think that okay, we don't have food to buy. So, what is the use of money that time you know to to find the you know food from our you know local people was the you know the most crucial things and we thought that you know we we were uh, you know built a, a community shelters so they don't need to cook their food in in their individual homes but they can join in a you know in a group community group and uh, stay together and having food and we thought that you know if that became a sometimes you know that kind of tribulation that earthquake became a, you know a, a, you know a vessel to beg the things uh, you know finance from others so that's what i thought that people were people even our uh, leaders were you know asking money from uh, you know others you know they are not you know people became lazy you know they start after that after uh, earthquake, people, you know, some of the people, they, they, they start, you know, they stop working in their fields, in their, you know, they, they don't try to, you know, uh, you know, do the things again. So that's what I thought that, okay, not only the finances things, so let them teach how to generate income for them in the, in futures. So that's what, because of the, uh, to make them 
more accountable, more sustainable. I thought that, uh, you know, the finances, uh, uh, you know, itself is not enough. So we need to teach them how to generate income again, how to get involved in the, uh, uh, you know, sustainable project again and to do something. Otherwise, we make them lazy, just lazy or beggars. That's what I thought that, okay, don't stop. It is enough, uh, uh, you know, sending money. We have we have already arranged, uh, you know, some kind of food and shelters and doing things, other things. And then Kevin also, uh, you know, he talked with me, I think in messengers, he told me that, you know, uh, he encouraged me even, even he taught me something, uh, you know, good things. In the, he, he was, uh, you know, so much uh, agree with my concept and he encouraged me. Even here, other leaders are, why? Uh, you need to bring the, uh, you know, external support. People was encouraging me. But, uh, you know, uh, that time I thought as a leader, I, I, I thought that I need to teach my people, my leaders mm. to be self-sustainable. Always people can't support, other people can't support. You need to be uh, sustainable, sustainable church, sustainable family. That's what I thought that, uh, you know, uh, we don't need to provide them a finance always. Let them, uh, you know, encourage them to start some business. Other, uh, then again, resource center played a very important role to uh, make them, to empower them uh, and uh, to be sustainable. I recall we um, at that time, Naranjan, we had a an international donor come and say, oh, "I'd like to, you know, give some money to to what you were doing," and um, you know that they'd send us some money, and we we actually went back to them and said, "We're going to return it because our partner on the ground says this is not what's needed on the ground," and they were so impressed. And in, in all of the years, they had never had anyone do that, and they were so <laughs> terribly impressed at um, you know the way things were being done on the ground. It made a uh, a huge impression, not just on us, but on on our, our donors. They really did take notice of the way you were doing things. <laughs> Thank you. Have things uh, with the, the COVID, onset of the COVID, that whole mindset of being a beggar, you use that term, has that become an issue again during COVID? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even I, I you know, I got a, you know, many newsletters from, uh, you know, local leaders and pastors, even senior pastors from here, they are expecting money and they are saying, oh, we are serving these, these people COVID. And I thought that you don't need to go outside now. Those who are struggling, those who are, those, those who work in daily wages, they are struggling. You are not struggling. You know, you don't need to feed, you know, uh, the other people. You don't need to, your, your uh, you know, uh, house are okay. Earthquake time, you know, some shelter, they lost their shelter uh, as well. But now they have to stay in their home. And there are a lot of opportunity. People don't seek. You know, people now in COVID time also, people learned, you know, online business. People learn many things. You know, many in the, you know, pre preaching the gospel, they say that, oh, preaching the gospel, you know, now because of COVID, we are not able to do that one. And so there are ample opportunity when you use the this kind of, uh, you know, uh, technology. There are Facebook Messenger. You can share uh, these things and even uh, neighbors. You can meet neighbors uh, uh, with, uh, um, you know, safety precautions. 
and so you can, there are a lot of you know privileged people don't seek for the uh, you know opportunity just they uh, you know uh, show the, their excuses and even now also i have seen that uh, some people are sending me new newsletters and sending other people to newsletter asking money uh, to support them uh, and they are making you know small story even that earthquake time you know not all of the buildings even right after the right after the earthquake uh, in james visited kathmandu and he he was seen that oh, not all the building were you know destroyed but only the cameramen and the people and those who want to make a news big news they just uh, took a pictures of the the you know the 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 bad things just uh, you know the building which is uh, already destroyed just just uh, terrible news people don't see the hope that's what we wanted to give them a hope now also people you see that people you know has uh, people have a beggar mentality and trying to they they find this this is the you know this is the time to ask the money this is the good things you know the covid is the you know covid is the you know good uh, topic uh, you know to make uh you know the other people embraced yeah and so you're dealing with a very difficult mindset there aren't you yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah different difficult mindset and people think that oh he, this is a, this fellow is different he is not supporting us he is not asking the you know uh, foreign uh, uh, support external support people say that and but we encourage people to uh, you know start their own business do their uh, you know uh, do their own business and be blessed so i can't help but feel narendra that this is such an important lesson and a message for people to hear you know that you are in the midst of some pretty trying times you are teaching people to be resilient and to be enterprising and not to allow themselves to be beggars or or victims but to you know seize the opportunities they have and and you know do something positive that's such a a a powerful and encouraging message yeah thank you thank you fraser i th- i think we all need a dose of that at times yeah. um how, look how how is nepal doing at the moment in terms of uh covid as as we do these um these sort of updates with with people we're sort of trying to check in as well um you know there's very little on the news here about um you know how some of the um you know countries around the world are doing H- how is it for you guys yeah now uh, you know from today uh, you know the government has decided to open the market uh, till yesterday there was a, you know just grocery and food stores uh, were allowed to open till 11 uh, am but from today uh, you know uh, even uh, the vehicles we can drive uh, you know there is a odd and even system odd and even system and today is nepali uh, even date so even number plates vehicle can we can drive so there is a slowly cases are decreasing you know uh, but people don't follow the you know uh, this uh, safety precautions and uh, they don't use masks and uh, they don't wash hand when mm. they go to the market they don't uh, you know keep the distance social distancing so uh, but you know uh, there is no uh, uh, bad situation like india uh, we are uh, still safe 
and uh, but still we uh, I, I must say that we have lost many pastors and leaders due to the this covid 19 uh, but because uh, but uh, still all believers are other believers are and leaders are uh, good and safe and following the safety precautions and we have been running church online and uh, uh, doing business differently like a cafe we have uh, um, this uh, home delivery system and uh, uh, um, and pick up service they can come and uh, uh, take us take take away food and then uh, some other business we, we have been running poultry is running because there is uh, no others outsiders are allowed to enter into the poultry uh, so that's what it is going on well because people eat even uh, uh, lockdown also uh, people eat meat uh, so that's what uh, it is uh, they don't stop uh, uh, eating meat and eggs that's what we, our business is uh, going on even those who are uh, joined with us in uh, this um, uh, uh, resource centers uh, micro businesses are running their business well because pig farming is going on uh, you know growing uh, you know it's going on uh, you know good because uh, people uh, you know some of the pigs uh, we 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 can't uh, you know bring from outside the valley because of lockdown that's what you know our local pigs are uh, you know uh, there is a, a big demand of our lo local uh, pigs and other business are going on even press is going on well and the, all of the other online business are going on well so uh, we don't have that big uh, problems we we see the good uh, uh, you know uh, privilege um, uh, to achieve our goals we um we, we will need to bring this to a closing range but um you know, one of the things that you are known for among the Bright Hope World team and, and among our supporters is, uh, you know, we have uh, a lot of partners who are very entrepreneurial. And and among all of them, you might just be the most entrepreneurial of our partners. And so I want to ask, what what next? What what have you got planned for the future? What would you like to see happen in Nepal? What What, you know, sort of clever ideas are you busy developing? Yeah, thank you. You know, we have a lot of uh, plans, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, we have uh, still, in a, uh, you know, we, we are looking for the incubation and counseling centers uh, because we need now uh, this, this center is vision to provide full scale service to staff of, to start off business and uh, entrepreneurs starting from training, counseling, because we need counseling now. People are, you know, people, some of the people, they lost their business and they don't know how to do again and what to do and what is the uh, potential business. People don't know that. That's what they need, a training, counseling and even helping. And we have a, a team of, uh, you know, uh, expertise and they have done a, you know, management course from different universities. Uh, the young generations from our church are, uh, you know, ready to for that and even helping them for uh, capital financing by connecting them to a potential investors. And this center is intended to train the newcomers who wants to start a business, also providing physical facility support, networking facilities and support services. However, this uh, services are provided with certain charges. We charge uh, certain and then book cafe. Cafe is open, but we are planning to 
open a, a book cafe cafe intended as i have already shared you uh, uh, cafe intended uh, to not only serve beverage and food but but also good atmosphere with a place for social mingling and a well equipped library being at the city people are try to uh, tried tired to of the noises and uh, disturbances Mm. this calls them to the cozy and uh, quiet place for study and cafe serves these proposes by providing the quiet place a good food immense choice of the books the cafe provides service with a monthly service charge of us dollar 15 and people are ready to pay and allowing them to take any other book of their choice one at a time and a cup of coffee every day uh, and the other foods and beverages are charged as respective rates but currently due to the covid the service have uh, you know uh, we haven't started this one but we have a, a plan to start uh, these things and then other is grain and spice center uh, there is a, a you know the roughly we have started with uh, uh, this farmer scoops uh, but uh, we are still uh, praying for it and uh, because of this covid uh, we have uh, some problem but this is not only a business but masses for lay farmers who are economically economically exploited and always remain in lifelong poverty in spite of working hard in their field uh, once it starts to work successfully i believe lots of farmer will join this moment more than 12 shops will be operated across the country over a period of time in partnership with our farmers scoop we are planning to start our first one at least uh, uh one month later one month or a couple of month later when the lockdown is fully lifted but we don't have enough funds to start this shop at this moment we are still praying Uh, so, but bright of old you know bright of old is uh, we, our you know th- our think tanks you know they are you are such a good partner who always encourage us to uh, you know start this income generation projects and uh, well, you know, i uh, i want to be touch uh, with you always yeah it it is uh, it's a privilege and and We kind of, you know, I know Kevin and I are sitting here listening and saying, well, I hope, I hope we get the chance to invest in some of these things because <laughs> they sound like really good ideas. And I'm thinking uh, like a coffee and book subscription service. Uh, that's a fantastic idea. I would like that in Christchurch. That's yeah. a really good idea. Thank you. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, look, we, we had better draw it to uh, a close uh, the in the range, but it is. It is wonderful to hear your voice and it's wonderful to hear about um what you're doing. We love your philosophy. We love partnering with you and uh we encourage to hear things are um improving in Nepal. That is uh, that is very good news indeed. <laughs> Thank you having me brother and you are you are such a good friends and always you know when I think about what we daily we pray for bright hope world and we remember you. and then uh, your ministry we uh, you know all over the world we we remember you and we pray for you and then uh, you know when i think of uh, you know when i think bright hope world i i and my family and my team always encouraged well that is naranjan uh, arakari uh, quite a man 
Um, and uh, I'll never forget, we, we did a few years ago a conference of all of our partners in uh, India and Nepal, that part of the world. Um, we pulled them all together and, and introduced them to each other and had them talk about uh, the, the different things that they were doing and the different types of businesses that they had stimulated and, and all that kind of stuff. And boy, I tell you, even uh, the, the folks there at that conference, um, our other uh, partners uh, in South Asia, were pretty darn impressed by Naranjan on his take, on his entrepreneurial thinking. And uh, it is very hard to spend time with that man and not be infected with the, the sense of what is possible in uh, even a stressed community um, like that in which uh, Naranjan operates. Uh, it is a genuine pleasure and a privilege to be connected with someone like that and to see the things he comes up with, uh, including a relatively uh, new project um, that we have. Um, well, I'll put a link um, to it uh, in, the, in the notes to the podcast, but it's a relatively new project uh, with Naranjan um, to run a business incubator um, for, for new ideas in Nepal. And we are extremely confident that he will make that work and do it very, very well. So we look forward to seeing um, some of the great ideas that come from that. But uh, as for today, that is the uh, end of our uh, podcast. Uh, it's been wonderful to have you with us. As always, if you have any feedback, please do send it to podcast at brighthopeworld.com or make a comment uh, on our Facebook site, facebook.com forward slash brighthopeworld. We love hearing from you. Please do share uh, your thoughts, comments uh, about the podcast, always greatly appreciated. Uh, but for now, um, that will uh, bring us to a close. I have been Fraser Scott. It's been lovely to have you with us. Uh, until next time, this has been It Ain't That Simple, Mate, the Bright Hope World Podcast. <laughs>